Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 361. Today is Friday, Friday, January 5th, 2024. Um... What are you guys' weekend plans? Got any fun weekends plans? Let me know in the let me know in the comments. I'll 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 read them in a little bit. I am, you know, a lot of you guys know I have been doing a short film and I took a break, a much needed break. And I've uh the past couple of days I have been venturing back into it. There's a lot of why well, I am now in what's called post-production. So you have different phases of film production. I'm gonna give you guys a little lesson. You have pre-production, which is like writing the script, building sets, casting, all uh, gathering resources. And then you have uh, what's called principal photography, which is where you shoot the bulk of, in this case, animate the bulk of your footage. And then you have post-production and post-production is where you edit the film. You, uh, you reshoot anything you need to, or reanimate anything you need to. You do special effects, you do music, you do marketing, you do all that. So I am officially in post-production. I'm very I've been looking forward to this phase because this is where you start to see your short film or film feature length film come to life. I've got a guy uh, making, a, he's an insanely good artist. He's going to be doing a full fledged poster for me. So I'm starting to like design. I have to do one more set and it's in a very important shot. Uh, it's the opening shot actually. So when you see the opening of the short film, you'll be like, Whoa, this is what Jeff was talking about way back in January. Um, but I'm designing that set right now. And um, I'm also spray painting a, <laughs> so for those of you who know Halo, uh, no, not the Beyonce song, the video game Halo with Master Chief, I have been spray painting a, uh, there's a assault rifle in that game that's really iconic. And I got a Nerf version of it, which is like a, almost a one-to-one -one ratio replica. And so I'm spray painting because it, it was all like green and orange and white. And it's, it's got to look gunmetal gray so um i'm doing that this weekend as well and just having a good time hanging out with my wife nerding out all of that and um, we're also going over to my mom's tonight to do a late christmas slash birthday celebration there was just a lot of we were out of town so uh we're doing that tonight so that'll be fun let me know what you guys are doing in the comments if you guys are listening on spotify make sure to follow the elijah fire podcast it really helps us out rate Rate it, rate it on Spotify, rate it on Apple Podcast, on Google, on the Googs, on Google Podcast, um, or wherever you guys listen to podcasts. That really helps us out as well. Also, speaking of helping us out, donations. We so appreciate you guys and all your generosity. Anytime you guys donate to ElijahStreams.com slash donate, that goes towards keeping this free at five days a week, but it also helps out people overseas and even locally with fresh clean water and we've opened up thousands of people to the gospel because of meeting a basic need like water and it's because of your guys's generosity so we're gonna play a quick video and then we're gonna get going we are celebrating why because thousands of people cannot access clean water and thousands have given their lives to jesus because of the clean water ones that have been drilled you are truly saving lives 
you have no idea the peace of mind that you have brought to the mothers in these villages. Now, their young daughters don't have to travel alone for miles and miles to collect water. Instead, they can focus on school and family. Everyone is rejoicing and giving thanks. May God bless you all. Come with me as we go visit one of the mothers that you have impacted. Hello. 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 Hey, I'm here with Pegson's family. Pegson is a mother of eight and she lives with some of her grandchildren. Before the new water walls were drilled in this community, they would walk two hours to the old water source to collect water. It was very hard for them. But now everything has changed because they now have a new water source. Because of you, the water source is just two minutes away from their home. Stories have changed. Thank you for being a blessing. May God bless you. We would like to say thank you. You have impacted so many lives by donating towards the drilling of water wells. But there are still people without access to clean water. Donate today at ElijahStreams.com slash donate. So thank you guys again for your generosity and donations. Oh, I see some fun weekend plans in the comments. Knitting, uh, straight up, um, you know, all kinds of other good stuff. Watching the Kansas City Chiefs play, all that. Very fun, you guys. Aaron, I love that you knew. You knew what Halo was. Aaron Dionarin with the uh, bringing the heat. With the knowledge of Halo, that's what I'm talking about. So, love you guys. Um, if anybody, anyone else, you can chime in. Let us know what your weekend plans are. Um, so, I'm really excited to have this guy back on. I love this guy. And we have a great time whenever we hang out, uh, which isn't enough. All right? I'm just going to go on record and say it publicly before thousands of people. It's not enough. So, uh, he is a minister. He's a tradesman. He is also the co-laborer, pastor of Arise Kingdom Ministries, along with his amazing wife. Krista Elisha, who you guys know, you know her. So let's give it up for my guest today, David Schramm. David, Yo. here you are. Here I am. Yeah. Are, a long time. Are you wearing black? Blue. Okay. Because I was going to go back in black. Back in blue. Back in blue. <laughs> da, 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 yeah. I'm not going to give Carhartt any free ads either. Yeah. No. Everyone. No Carhartt. No. So how are you, man? How are you? Yeah. How was your Christmas celebration, New Year's celebration, all of that? It's really good. It was good. We got to, um, and we were talking before the show about connecting with my dad for the first time in a lot of years. And it was yeah. cool to watch him interact with my kids, which are his grandkids. And uh, that was probably the best part of this year, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like best present I received out of everything else. So cool, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, been, it's been really cool. That's amazing. Um, so, I mean, I think the word we could say for this episode is authenticity correct yeah, correct all correct. right so why don't you kind of set up what you've been feeling for 2024 specifically in regards to this anything else and we'll just talk about it dude yeah that's cool um so i know i sent when i was when you asked me to be on i was thinking about it and it's been like kind of stirring in my spirit anyway the end of the year and I just felt this like tug from the Lord for like genuine, authentic expression of like being our, ourselves. Dude. You know what I mean? 
and, and not necessarily presenting this like polished, like I'm, you know, down with the gospel minister guy version of ourselves or, 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 you know, minister gal, whichever, um, or the, the whole hiding things. And it, and it's funny because I don't fancy myself very prophetic, but then I get these little like God wings at mm-hmm. when I see other prophets kind of catching the same thing that I'm feeling. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to shout him out on here, but it's Nate Johnson had posted yeah. something on his Facebook last night that he had had a dream that he was sorting through all these coins and they all looked the same from a distance, but that it was kind of like a warning dream that, you know, false currency has no value was kind of like, was one of the the talking points. And that to me was like nail right on the head, man. Like I was exactly what I was feeling because we're heading into a season where the, the body of Christ is shifting and changing and the demographics changing, but the people that are going to be coming into the faith, they're not coming in with the same expectations that like the last round of people came into the church with, mm-hmm. you know, they've seen enough of the, you know, nonsense that we've all seen in churches with, you know, failed pastors and, and failed uh, organizations and, you know, like the, sexual abuse scandals of the Catholic church, you name it, it goes, the list goes on and on. I'm I'm not here to like beat up God's bride or anything, but it goes without saying that that comes from a lack of authenticity and authenticity starts in the leadership. Come on. If the leadership of the body of Christ is being inauthentic about who they are, what they struggle with, what their life looks like, things like that, then it, it paints a false picture for everybody else. It's like the person sitting in the, in the pew or the chair or whatever, wherever you're at or on the other side of the camera sees this, you know, hyper polished version. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. Praise God. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they don't, but they don't see what God has led me through, what he's, what he's dealt with in yeah. me and the people around me. Mm-hmm. And that's like one of the biggest things that God's been like hitting on the head with me is this idea of being authentic, being our authentic selves. That's literally what the word integrity means. Right. Like the root of the word integrity is to be integrated, meaning like the same at every point, at every turn, no matter which part of my life I'm in, I'm an integrated being. I'm a man of integrity. I'm a man of integration. I don't have, I'm not, you know, a bunch of different pieces and a bunch of different parts of me that I'll show you this, but I won't show you that. That's got to stop. Oh man. Well, it does take courage. And I I can't remember who I was talking to. It was a couple of months ago, but I was talking about this whole thing of like in the church, we want when you really talk to people deep down, yeah. that's what people want is they want authenticity. Like, just be real, man. Like, yeah. if you watch Netflix, just tell me, you know what I right. mean? Like, there's this, this right. whole thing of like, no, we have to hold everybody to this standard. And a lot of it can right. be really fleshly, worldly based criteria. Of like, yeah. no, in order for this person to be a model Christian for me, they need to not do this, not do this, do this, right. do this, talk right. like this. To, but that is so stifling. Anybody that's ever fallen subject to those that criteria, it's incredibly yeah. stifling. And there's a lot of fear. And it's the religious spirit is what it is. But it is. there's a lot of fear that could come with that of like, gosh, I just, oh, I just want to show this part of myself because... <clears throat> I feel like I'm playing pretend if I'm not, or right. hey, if I'm doubting in this area, or I'm struggling in this area or whatever. Right. I, I've, 
And it's like, we all want that, but then yeah. we, we see that religious spirit take down people that mm. make efforts to be that way or right. go after them, maybe not take them down, but go after them. And, and then we're like, Oh, I saw what they did. Saw how the church crucified so-and-so for how they crucified Jesus. Did they crucify Jesus? You let's know? be real here. The yeah. religious crucified Christ. Yeah. Uh, that, he couldn't, was, even Jesus couldn't live up to the standards of the religious spirit. Yeah. That's a great point. Point about it. You know, that, yeah. and, and, and we've been fighting the same battle ever since. Well, and Jesus also, I mean, I guess we could look at him for, as a model of how to respond to it. Cause he mm -hmm. was never like, Oh no, no, no. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, um, you know, and I'm a total, like, I'm very empathetic. I'm a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper, a peacemaker. Yeah. Um, but there can be, if left unchecked, there can be a tendency for a peacemaker to become a peacekeeper where yes. all you do is try to just be agreeable right. and you just try to pacify everybody, make sure everybody's happy, but that's at right. the cost of yourself and your own resolve, um, that's what can happen. So, right. Don't rock the boat. Yeah, don't rock, rock the, the boat. boat. Just you know, right. just chill. be agreeable, be easy, and I, right. I that is that is definitely a lot of my. It's my natural inclination too, is to be a peacekeeper rather than a mm -hmm. peacemaker. But mm -hmm. I think in the pursuit of where God is calling us all in the coming like year, I think that it's some of that's going to have to shed. You know, it's going to be uncomfortable. I know it's going to be uncomfortable because I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, and it's like it, as a leader in the body of Christ, if I'm feeling discomfort, I do want to comfort those who God has called me to to be a part of their community. Yeah, but I also want to like challenge them to let's move beyond the um, desire to be comfortable with where we're at or what we're feeling or thinking and be uncomfortable enough with it to make it known. Well, and that's it, dude, it, it is because it's, you know, when you think, oh, discomfort, it means I'm going to have to do things I am uncomfortable doing, obviously, right. yeah. but that can be like, I'll, I'll be transparent. It, it's, I'm more this way when I meet people privately, but on a public platform, it's a lot harder for me to fully air, like let my freak flag fly if I want to right. use that expression because <laughs> right. I end up hearing about it. People, right. it makes people uncomfortable. It's offensive for some reason. There's things that people have gotten, I'll be honest. There are things people have gotten offended about that. I never thought was possible for people right. to be offended about those things, but it happens, right. you know? And so I think that the temptation then can be, Oh, well, I, I like, I don't want to, I don't want to offend people and I don't want to. And so then you just become this, vanilla version of yourself and there's a right. real temptation to do that when you're in any kind of ministry any kind of public platform yeah. there is and i'm just being real with you guys you know how i am um <laughs> that's just a, that's just the reality is 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 that that is a real temptation it is to go well, i don't want to i don't want to offend people i don't want to like you know um i don't want to pe cause people to stumble i don't want to cause people to um and uh it's just, yeah, it's, it's interesting. This is a really, really important conversation. It is. And it's a hard, it's not necessarily the easiest conversation to have. And it's, yeah. it's not something that I've been like, you know, Ooh, this is awesome. Hunky door personally over it. Cause I'm like, man, this is, this is going to be a tough, challenging season and word. And it's, but it's, I know there's freedom on the other end of it. Mm -hmm. I know there's something great and glorious and grand that God has planned on the other end of this. 
Yeah. It's like pulling off the Band-Aid. And I think for too long, we've been like either pulling off the Band-Aid one hair at a time. <laughs> yeah. But then like sticking it back on because we're afraid to pull it off the rest. Yeah. Of it. You're like, nah, it's fine. I'll live with yeah, it. And now we've got this like moldy, disgusting Band-Aid on our legs or wherever it is. And it, it's so gross. And yeah, what you had said earlier something. I, I used to struggle with the, the fear of offending people mm-hmm. when I was in, when I'm in public situations, I've come to a point now where I have had a serious shift in my perspective on that. And now I'm honestly more afraid to offend God. Mm. I fear the Lord more now than I fear the opinion of a man or a woman. Yeah, that's good, man. And that took, I mean, it's been a few years of working through it, but I feel this like sense of freedom in that at the end of the day, I know that I am being who God has called me to be, who he has created me to be. Are there things mm-hmm. I need to work on? Yes. Am I perfect? Always. Not. Right. Yeah. Always. But yeah. I can, at the end of the day, lay down my head on the pillow. And when I say my prayers at night, feel like I haven't done anything to offend God by taking something that he's, he's brought into my sphere or attention and ignoring it or minimizing it or denying it because yeah. what God reveals, he heals, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if it's a character flaw. Yep. God, if God is prodding you or me about something, he wants to talk about it. And for I think for a long time, a lot of us have been avoiding the conversation. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no totally, dude. Keep going to church. Keep doing your thing. No, mm-hmm. We're good. We're good. It'll be fine. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then eventually what happens is that builds up and builds up. And then you've got this compartmentalized version of your life where you've got like in my i'll say it in my you know, i've got like church dave and then i've got like work dave and i got home dave you know and that doesn't this just doesn't work yeah dude it doesn't yeah, work. yeah i feel that i really do and i know there's like a someone um close to me that that basically happened to them where they just subdued and subdued and subdued and then they just blew up like mm. and this is like decades worth of just subduing 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 yeah and and you know, preferring themselves and not setting up healthy boundaries. And, and then it just got to this point where it was just like something had to give, you know, it's like, you can only contain that for so long. And in this case it was decades and it just, I mean, burned bridge after bridge Mm. really didn't handle it well, but it's because of decades of not handling it well, decades of not, you know, um, whatever. Yeah. But uh, Dave, I want to actually ask you like how, because obviously you said it was over several years that you kind of mm-hmm. got to this point where you're like, I'm more, I'm more concerned with offending God than I am man now. Mm-hmm. Was there any key moments or was it just a compounded thing of just multiple instances of having to, uh, can you talk on that a little bit more? Yeah. Um, I would say that there was a point in time when wife and I, we were serving in a church and there was um, some issues with leadership and some leadership changes and things like that. And I went through this, that was like the kind of the beginning season of me feeling this tug away from man pleasing or man centric ideas of offense, because I think I, I missed the boat on a lot of things Mm -hmm. that God was either wanting to do or trying to do or currently doing that I wasn't partnering with in my life and in the lives of the people around me. And then, so fast forward a little bit, you know, we're doing our own thing in our ministry. And then at times I kind of felt the, the old 
you know, creep in on me again. You know what I mean? The old feeling of like, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or say the wrong thing or, or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. The process was in the beginning, I know, and I, I, I felt convicted about things that I had missed before, you know, moments in time where I chose to cater to a religious spirit or a very religious relationship that I had in my life at the time. So when speaking into my life in a way that wasn't what God was saying, but denying what God was saying at the same time by aligning myself with what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we got free and we're, we're doing our own thing in, in our own ministry, the more I stepped out and, and spoke and did these events with her and things, you know, with you, it began to become aware to me that the gift that God had placed in me wasn't to be like everybody else. The gift that God placed in me was to be David mm-hmm. and the world needed what David had to say, mm-hmm. not a regurgitated, you know, religious line or whatever that somebody else had said before me or some other teacher or some other prophet. There's no disrespect in what I'm saying in that. It's just God gave me something to say and I needed to say it. Yeah, absolutely. So I started to begin to rather than almost stuff and bury that conviction I was feeling about not doing the thing God was telling me to do or not being what God was telling me to be. I started to, to respond to it in my private life, in my secret place. Like Lord, I know that I've probably missed the boat more than one occasion with something that you've asked me to do or, or mm-hmm. something you've asked me to say. Guilty as charged. I think we all are, bro. Yeah, There's no condemnation in that. And that that's kind of the, the process I went through to where I am now that if I feel something that I need to say, I'm going to say it because I don't want to offend God. He, he gave me something to say. He He's the one that's inside of me that's speaking. Like mm-hmm. David... I don't have anything great to say. Like, I mean, to be honest, like, I don't feel like I have anything personally all that great to say, but when the Holy Spirit inspires me to say something and gives me something to say, well, that that's something that somebody needs to hear. Yeah. Yeah. That's and good. That's kind of the, the process. Um, and I know it, it was, it was tough. It was emotional. And I think one of the things was sharpening my, my discernment for my own conviction. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm you know, becoming more aware of when I was feeling convicted about something or when I was feeling a tug in one direction or another, because it used to be, I would kind of ignore those things if I was in an inconvenient situation okay. that, that was going to, you know, cause a ruckus or a fuss or, you know, um, wouldn't say the thing or, or, you know, do the thing that God was calling me to do because it was either going to be embarrassing to me or I might end up offending or hurting some leaders that I was, you know, ministering with feelings, didn't want to step on anybody's toes, just wanted to play the nice. And I get honor. I'm all for honor. Of course. Um, I would never, you know, take something that God said and like grab the microphone from somebody like, no, God told me to say it. I, I got to say it right now. But <laughs> which, your which, disobedience, if you don't let me talk. <laughs> right. Like just walk up on a minister. Yeah. God told me, but. Yeah. That's kind of the, the, what the process looked like on I me. Mean, and then on more of a like nuts and bolts kind of level, um, secret place time, man. Dude, huge. Huge, 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 huge. Mm-hmm. My secret place is in my truck. Nice. And I know probably for a lot of tradesmen guys that are, you know, in the same position I'm in. Um, it's in my, it's the, the, the quiet in my house in the morning before everyone's, because uh, I usually leave before everybody's up. 
you know, my son, once he gets up, it's like, you know, there is no quiet in the house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like tearing right out of the bedroom and it's, <laughs> it's over. And then when, when Krista gets up, she kind of goes and does her own thing. But there's this kind of like stillness in the morning mm-hmm. in, in my house where I have this opportunity to like have this extended secret place kind of time. And uh, mm-hmm. that was the place where I began to ask God these questions and be willing to accept the answer, you know, and seek out the answer and also seek it out authentically in, in other people. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a part of that authenticity is authenticity in community, right? Like we need community. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get real weird, get real squirrely when you're off on that island by yourself. What? No, you can't. Okay. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like John saw Revelation on a weird island by himself. Yeah, he did. Like that and that's heavy. And that's the kind, but that's the kind of place you can get to when you're when a man is on an island mm-hmm. or a woman is on an island. You start to yeah. see things. And the 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 idea of like in Proverbs, I think it's 27, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We need that community to help sharpen us. Yeah. To sharpen that discernment, to sharpen that resolve, to sharpen mm-hmm. and a part of that sharpening is is being authentic yeah you know if i didn't admit that my knife was dull it couldn't be sharpened mm-hmm. that's great great point i mean you know if, if if your blade's not cutting and you don't tell anybody that your blade's not cutting You're like no i just need to push harder i need right. to like I'll just, I'll just hack. I'll just saw faster right and you know it's not going to work because you know your blade's not sharp enough to cut mm-hmm. through anything Maybe it's just sharp enough to get it. It's there's all kinds of. Okay. But I want to say this, adding to that analogy. All right. I bear the mark. People can kind of see it. There's a scar there. Mm. That is a stab wound Mm. from a box cutter. I worked at Trader Joe's Mm. and you're cutting boxes all the time. All right. And you need to replace your blade. Like if you're cutting a lot, like on the hour, every hour, um, and I remember it was the day before Thanksgiving 2012. I'll never forget it um, because I was cutting this. So usually what would happen is, you know, I worked in produce. And so you, you know, put half of a box of apples up. And so what you would do is you tray cut it. So you just cut half the box off. So then you have like a little tray of what's left and it just saves space. Well, I remember having the thought I should cut or I should switch my blade out. And I was like, nah, it'll be fine. And about 10 minutes later, I was cutting and I caught because the blade was dull. I caught in this whole thing of, no, you need to like push harder. Yeah. Saw harder. It caught. And then I, I tried to pull it quicker and it caught off the box and I just stabbed myself in the arm with my box cutter. And I remember thinking like, dude, you should have changed your blade. It was dull. And I thought in my head, no, it's fine. I'll just do it later. Yeah. So again, it was like in denial, that whole in denial of, so what ends up happening is it's like, there's this whole thing of like, no, it's fine. Nobody will see it. Well, eventually what happens, you end up hurting something, you yeah. know, if you don't, if you don't sharpen the blade, if you don't keep yourself sharp, eventually yeah. you're going to hurt some, someone, you know, yeah. Or yourself, yeah, someone or yourself Yeah. or you're not going to be able to be as effective. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, chefs, chefs will tell you the most dangerous tool in a kitchen is a dull knife. Mm. because you but when you have a dull knife and you're cooking and you're moving quick and you're chopping and you're you know doing you know pr- preparation of meats and things like that those quick movements you you can really seriously hurt yourself with mm. a dull knife 
you know, if you have a dull knife and you're trying to cut through a stick, a real, you know, thick piece of meat or a steak or, or trying to clean up a brisket or something, mm-hmm. you're forcing, forcing, forcing. When that thing lets go, you're swinging a blade that's still dangerous. Yeah. You know, it's it, the, that analogy of, of being a dull knife or having a dull blade and admitting that it needs to be sharpened. It's like, thank you, yeah. Holy Spirit. For yeah. That <laughs> no, it's a great one, guys. That's a great one. Um, so actually, it's interesting because I've been seeing this topic come up a lot lately about being authentic and, and also allowing that whole thing of, as you are being all that God made you to be Mm. on display for people. Yeah. Guess what? People are going to take issue with it. They are just going to, it doesn't mean that you're wrong. And, and a friend of mine made a great post last night. I don't, I don't want to share her name because I don't have permission, Mm. uh, but I just want to share a little excerpt of it. Cause I thought it was actually really, really good. She said, there will always be people who dislike you. There will always be people who love you. It doesn't necessarily have much to do with you. It's largely a matter of opinion, similar to how I don't prefer barbecue chicken pizza. I'll mm. eat it, but I'll never order it. It's right. a pizza I don't totally understand. I don't hate it, but it's not for me. That doesn't mean it's bad pizza. It just means it's not my pizza. And then she goes on to use that analogy to describe because she's um she has a platform. She's got kind of she's an influencer and. And she, um, she went on to talk about how people are always going to have opinions about you. And, um, just because you have an opinion on something doesn't mean that it's the correct one. It doesn't mean it's wrong either. Like the whole barbecue chicken pizza thing. I'm like, I'm not the huge biggest. I'm in her, her camp with barbecue chicken pizza. (laughs) Maybe this is a hot take. I'm like, I mean, I'll eat it. I'll never order it. You know? Um, Yeah. See? And so that doesn't mean, and I always have a a saying as well. There's always going to be someone who doesn't like star Wars to Mm. me. That's absurd. I think star Wars is awesome, Mm. but there are going to be people who genuinely don't like it. Does that mean they're wrong and I'm right or vice versa? No, it doesn't. Right. Um, And that's okay. And I think that, It's okay to look at something and go, "Mm, not for me, rather than going, no. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. I don't like this thing, and I'm going to make everyone else know I don't like this thing. I'm going to make this person know that I don't like them, or I don't like the way they talk, or I don't like the way, you know, and I'm, and so, yeah, I think that, I thought that was a great post. No, that's, that's a really fair point, because that's a part of that authenticity is the idea of, of take, take the meat and leave the bones, right? Mm-hmm. That's you can get something from someone, but maybe not agree with the way they do things. Like, mm-hmm. look, I'll be the unpopular one in the room to say it. I we're in the charismatic side of the church, right? Pretty much most of us who are watching this are in the charismatic yeah. side of the church. Uh-huh. There's a lot of people that do a lot of things that I think are freaking weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it is what it is, yeah. but that, that doesn't mean that what they're doing is wrong. Doesn't mean that what they're doing isn't of the Lord. Right. It, it just means that what they're doing makes me uncomfortable. And I think God is weird, you know? Yeah. He's, and he's he gets weird with me too. But I, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying if I were to, that's when you get in that religious spirit is when you mm-hmm. start looking at what other people are hearing from the Lord and doing in the Lord and seeing of the Lord. And you start saying, that's not God because it doesn't look like what God looks like to me. Well, or it makes me uncomfortable. And I've often right. said on the show, just because something that makes you uncomfortable doesn't mean it's wrong. Correct. And I think that that's where discernment is really important. Right. So that barbecue pizza thing, that's, that's, that's good. That's a fair point. Straight up. So kind of backtracking just slightly, Lisa, yeah. I held onto this comment because I thought it was really good. She said certain things I don't want to say about myself that are negative. Uh, 
because I want to declare the good stuff about myself. How do you balance that? And I think that's a really great conversation because on the one hand, yes, it is really important to speak life, to, to speak God's promises over you, who he says you are. On the flip side, if there are genuine things that need refinement in you, they need to be acknowledged. Yes. And where do you find the balance in that? So let's talk about this a little bit because I think this yeah. is going to help people. And I don't even... I'm a verbal processor, so we'll see what we'll see what happens. Okay, uh, but I want to hear your thoughts on that. So my thoughts on that per, one thing would be that I'm not I'm not advocating for like standing up in front of a congregation and like spilling all your dirty laundry in front of everybody and anybody that'll listen. Um, I think that that process. I, I know it's hard to hear something possibly negative about yourself or say something that you would perceive as negative. But I think that if God is is kind of pushing you in that direction, to not do it would be doing a disservice to your own spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And you can do that with someone that you trust. That's the whole idea of of community, right? You know, the the idea I, I love. I think it's in. Um, I don't usually quote him very much, but it's, it's Rick Warren. I think it's in the Purpose Driven Church. I want to okay. say he he does the circles, right? Like the. You got like Jesus at the center of the circle and then he had like his his beloved disciples and then he had his 12 then he had the multitudes and he had you know anybody outside of it and in that in that kind of concept of the circles of of closeness to us as people I think that those issues the negative issues about ourselves that's kind of in like the three and 12 circle you know what I mean if if if, if me and God are at the core then like I would share that with like my John, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would share that with that's good. my Peter. I wouldn't share it with, you know, the random person I meet at the marketplace side of things. Yeah. Hey, let me, let me tell you about something really right. deep that I'm character issue. I'm dealing with yeah, that's <laughs> right. a little, like one. That's really probably dangerous. And two, that's, I don't, that person would probably be like, what? Mm-hmm. But those are the kind of things that I, I, I share with them. Now, self-talk wise, I'm always trying to declare the best over myself. Yeah. I'm always trying to declare, you of know, course. identity statements, God's identity statements over me. Yeah. But if I'm declaring these things over myself as, you know, as you see, you know, declare things that as though they were, even though they're not, and then they will be right. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say to stay focused on the positive, obviously side of yourself. Yeah. Straight up. But then also be in prayer to ask God, God, give me the emotional protections that I need to mm-hmm. face these these character things, yeah. to face this negative thing that I'm, I'm struggling with or that I'm feeling about myself. And it doesn't mean you have to speak it over yourself. Right. You know, well, look, no bones about it. Acknowledging things in yourself that need improvement, not fun. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. fun. You know, like I, w- I wish I didn't have to do that, you know, like, right. but I I've shared this example before, but I think it's worth repeating um, because it's, it's really good. So my, you know, growing up, my siblings, my brother and my sister and I had a really unique way of talking to each other. We're very passionate people. <laughs> and so we would talk to each other when we get intense and we're intense people. And so like when we get passionate, we'd sound like we're upset with each other, but we're not upset with each other. We're just we're just playing, you know, like we're just, um, and so when Lauren and I started dating, 
Um, and then into marriage, I would talk to her the same way when I'd get passionate messing around. And she was like, I don't like when you talk to me that way. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I, we're fine. I, right. you know, I'm just messing around. She's like, but I don't like it. Okay. Mm. So even if my intention is correct and I'm, I'm going to go somewhere with this too, but even if my intention was correct, she is, that's not the way she perceives it. And, mm. and different types of personalities. And I had other friends who were more like me and intense and they would get it. They would get the jokey tone and they would uh, kind of hit back with the same level of intensity. Mm. My wife did not like that. Now I could sit there and go, you need to change because that's not my intention. She doesn't like it. And so yeah. she's actually not receiving love in that way. And the same can apply if we're looking at like, I don't know why I keep hearing like there may be somebody who's you're looking at your life and you're going, everything I do is wrong. Everyone always misunderstands what I'm saying. And the possibility could be that it's the way that you are communicating. And I'm saying this in all, all humility, you guys. And I think it's really important. The Lord is going to show you if that is the case, he's going to mm. show you. And there's a difference between acknowledging a lie and acknowledging the truth. Even yeah. if it's something that you need to change, yeah. there's a difference between those That's because right. there is a, a, a holy conviction that comes over you going like, it's a really sobering thing of going like, you may feel kind of like, man, yeah, I have been kind of, I have been kind of messing yeah. up in this area. Haven't I God? But there's a gentleness that comes with that correction. Now, the opposite, if you're listening to a lie is, man, I am a screw up. I'm human garbage. I'm right. a mistake. God made a mistake with me because I can't do anything right. Well, that's mm. not what Psalm 139 says. It says I'm fearfully Amen. and wonderfully made. So there we go. I'm using scripture as a, a basis of truth. And I think that's also the important thing is, is, is paying attention to that using discernment and paying attention to how it makes right. you feel. Cause you may feel kind of a, 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 a somberness when you're faced with the reality of, I need to change in this area. This isn't, I'm yeah. not, you know, but yeah. It doesn't come with, there's a redeeming quality to that revelation, That's even right. if it is kind of like, oh man, I'm not, I'm not loving this process. Um, mm -hmm. I hope this is making sense for you guys, but um, I do think it's really important to create a kind of a delineation between those two. Yeah. So. I like where you're going with that. Cause you, you, what you, you're saying it's, you're talking about the difference between God's talk to you and your self talk versus the enemy's talk to you and your self talk. Yeah. Yeah, the enemy is bringing condemnation and anger and hatred and self doubt and all the other things that because that those aren't the things of the Lord. Right, God is God, not a God of disorder. Come on, like, and God is not a mean, oppressive father who's abusive. Right, mm -hmm. that's a different topic for a different time. Right, but, um, when 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 you're dealing with something negative, it will if it's from the Lord, it it should and will be followed by something positive or like the idea of being conviction should lead you into the reality of your righteousness. Yeah. Like conviction Good. should not be like a, you know, sackcloth and ashes, you know, tear your shirt. We've for God, you know, it's not like it's that. part of the process. Conviction right. is part of the process. If That's you are right. in relationship with the Lord, you are right. going to be convicted about things. It is part of and the process. Should. Yeah. I was having a conversation with one of my uh, employees yesterday and we were talking about that. And, um, I said the the phrase, how I know, and I know this sounds weird. It might sound weird to a lot of people, but how I know that God really loves me and I'm his son is that he chastens mm. me. He gives mm. me correction. He gives me discipline. When I, when I do something that uh, goes out of alignment with my character or his character, he tells me about it because he's a good dad. 
we, we, we literally, <laughs> it's crazy. It's like, we don't apply natural parenting skills to God, right? Like God is the ultimate father. Mm-hmm. If we see a child in the store who's like petulant and acting up. And the first thing we do is look for a parent to be like, get that kid. Yeah. Get your boy right. out of here. <laughs> right. Get whatever that boy, get that kid, whatever yeah. that kid is doing. Like, you know, and God is like a good parent in the respect that he doesn't let us just run the aisle of the store, knocking over boxes. You know what I mean? He doesn't let That's us good. steal things. He doesn't let us, yeah. you know, take without asking or kick this lady in the shin or whatever, you know, obnoxious yeah. little kids. <laughs> but he, yeah. he's, he loves us enough to be gracious enough with us to walk us through the process. But that starts with being like, Hey, son, daughter, is this your best? Is this my best for you? Is this what we do in the family? I know mm. it's funny because it's like, I talk to my son and I tell him like, that's not what we do. Mm. Right. And that is for me, a very good picture of conviction, mm. not saying you did something wrong, not saying that you're wrong for what you did, but Hey buddy, you're my son, right? Yes. You're, you, you are I'm a trusted member of my family. Yes, I am. Is this what we do in our family? Mm-hmm. You know, is this how we behave in our family? Is this how we talk to each other in our family? Yeah. That is a beautiful picture of what conviction is and should look like. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. But to get back on to the idea of the, the, the um, talking to oneself, the things we say, um, Almost don't embrace the idea of fear either, uh, a fear of, of saying something or admitting something out loud. I, th- I think that's something that, um, at least in, in, in the church I've seen, is this idea that like if you verbalize something, you're, you're, you're cursing yourself or you're, you're speaking things over yourself. And you can speak things over yourself. But I don't think that acknowledging a character flaw or something you're struggling with is this doesn't equate to being the same as like, I'm cursing myself. Right. You know what I mean? It's okay to recognize areas for improvement. It is. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a difference. And I think that if you throw it all in a blender and you don't really think much about it, then yes. Saying something like, man, I really need to work on this could come across as being, Oh, you're speaking something negative over yourself. Yeah. But you're not, you're not admitting to yourself that, Hey, you know, like I, I, I myself, struggle with depression yeah I, i've tried medical i've tried dietary things i've tried spiritual things i've been to deliver there isn't anything i haven't tried but unfortunately until the lord comes or cures me in some way shape or form it is a part of my life we all have those things right and i have to deal with that yeah. but i'm not going to be like downing myself and saying oh i'm depressed oh i'm you know i'm always going to be depressed nothing's ever going to you know that mm-hmm. is the, the negative side of that Mm-hmm. the positive side of that is admitting like, Hey, I have something that I've sought the Lord on that I've sought other people on. It's a part of my life. It's not something I love. It's not something I'm jacked about, you know, excited about, you know, struggling with, with depression, but I'm willing to accept whatever God has for me in that department. Yeah. If he's going to cure me of it or heal me of it. Amen. Yeah. If he's going to use it to teach me things through my life. Amen. You know, it, it just is what it is. Dude. It is what it is. Yeah. And I think the thing that it really helps me is journaling. And if I can't, if, yeah. if I'm not in a position to journal, uh, just this is the way my brain works. I have to like, I'm a total like physical note taker. I have to, even if I'm not going to go back to the notes, writing down stuff as I'm processing through it, 
really yeah. helps me. I've learned that as a process for me, but I'll extract kind of the principle behind this rather than writing. Some people are just like, boo, writing um, <laughs> is I take everything and I offer it to the Lord. It's a bit like um, the image I have. is like, if you've ever been like gold panning in a river mm. or in like a fake yeah, river yeah. where you like pan up and the whole point yeah, is you're scooping up like pebbles and there's yeah. gold nuggets in there. Right. And there's this sifting process that happens. So rather than going, I don't see it. And then you just, you know, um, or all of this is gold. I need to take all this on myself. There's gold right. in there and there's a process of sifting. And that's what I do with the Lord. Well, like, God, this is how I'm feeling right now. Right. I just invite you to reveal to me what this is. Mm. And sometimes yeah. it is something I'm feeling externally that I can cast aside or it's someone right. I'm feeling externally. And it's actually, I'm meant to actually interpret that and go, Oh, I'm supposed to actually be praying for this person. Cause they're feeling this. Uh, there's times when I'm in a public space and I feel something and I'm actually meant to speak against it and call yeah. down heaven to these areas. Um, yeah. Sometimes it is, Oh, this is actually just a lie that Satan's telling me, mm. or it is, Oh, it's a lie Satan's telling me, but it's because Lord, you're actually trying to reveal this thing to me. And Satan mm. is trying to pollute what you're trying to speak to me. Right. And so there's a lot of different ways to do it, but I think what's really important is just taking it all with an open hand before the Lord. And I just kind of lay it out there before him. And I'm just like, okay, God, like, like, right. I just want to be conformed to your son's image. That's what, that should be our goal. So whatever that is, if there's an area for me, um, that I need to just offer that to you and allow your Holy spirit to reveal to me what that is. But I don't shy away from negative stuff because some negative, if, if I shied away from everything negative, that was coming my way, I would actually miss those convictions, those gentle sure. convictions from the Lord, right. you know? And so I think it's really important to acknowledge those things because it makes us better friends. It makes us better spouses. It right. makes us better members of the body of Christ, Amen. you know? So it's true. So true. yeah, boom. And I, I, one other thing I actually want to point out too about authenticity and having the courage to, to show, I guess, the real you to, mm. to people, um, which is going to be so necessary. It's been necessary this whole time, but so necessary this year, that yeah. everything God is going to be doing with exposure. And um, even in the church, we're seeing a lot of that happening now yeah. um, is to handle it. It's how do I, how do I want to say this? It's really easy if you're not careful to make an idol out of yourself because you made such a focus on being your authentic self. That if people have a problem with you, it's their problem. Right. That can be true to an extent, but mm -hmm. the Bible is very clear about how we're supposed to conduct ourselves and just go ahead and read Romans and let the conviction fly quite right. frankly. Because right. yes, Paul is like, hey, my someone else's conviction shouldn't dictate my freedom. If someone right. has an issue with something I, I do, that's not my problem but at the same time it is my problem because i'm supposed to prefer my brother that's right and i'm not supposed to cause him to stumble so it's this weird mixture of like no one is without fault like no right. one has an excuse to not be playing this to not right. be all in on being the body of christ and so i do really want to caution people if you're feeling a stirring within you like man i really need to just i do need to be more authentic to myself Continue to guard your heart because yeah. it's very, if you're not careful, 
very easy to fall into that, especially if you're feeling like you're supposed to be more honest and maybe you overcompensate and people are like, oh, this is kind of, this is a different side of you. And you're like, we'll just deal with it. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I think that it's really right. important to be gracious to people. Um, and look, if someone is having an issue with something that you actually feel like you're supposed to actually show this side of yourself, mm. just be gracious. Yeah. It doesn't just because someone has an issue with it doesn't mean it's wrong, but this is where right. discernment is so important. That's true. You know, and the other thing too is authenticity is not a license to sinful behavior. Right. Come on. I'm just going to say it. Being authentically me does not give me a license or freedom. What does Paul say? He says, shall I continue to go on sinning so that grace may abound? By no means. I shall not continue to go on to sin so that I can get more grace. Yeah. And I think that's the challenge in walking that tightrope of authenticity. Mm-hmm. We, we should be the authentic kingdom versions of ourselves, right? Because it's real easy to use that word authenticity to be a jerk. Totally. To justify being I just tell like it is. I'm just right. authentic. Yeah. Right. That's not being no. authentic. That's you just being a, you know, bad word, yeah. <laughs> you know? Being a total butt. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> but besides the buttheadedness, yeah, it can also be a way for people to they use this often this word authenticity to uh, not respond to Holy Spirit conviction in a way that like, oh, I'm being my authentic self. This is the way God created me to be. You see that a lot in like the LGBTQIA uh-huh. community. You see that yeah. a lot in that side and in, in, in the sexual side of things. Um, that word authenticity gets thrown around in a way that we're not meaning it here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to be authentically who God says I am and who God created me to be in his kingdom. You know, the, the, the worldly authentic version of me died a long time ago. Like he, he got buried with Christ and then co-resurrected as a new creation in Christ. So I don't want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. That's not authenticity. Authenticity is when we have a certain, I guess another word for authenticity would be like a, a how do you say, I want to say a word, like a sobriety, mm. right? Like it talks okay. about in the Bible being sober of mind. Yeah. And that, that doesn't mean obviously not being drunk, but being sober is like having a very clear picture of what's going on in front of you. That's like having a sober realization of something. I think that is kind of where I feel like God is meaning in that word authenticity, being mm-hmm. our authentic selves, that yeah. that soberized look at ourselves mm-hmm. and re- really deal with these things because we're not going to be able to carry them in, in the next season. We're mm-hmm. not. And I think it's why God is putting such a big emphasis on this idea of authenticity and self-examination and all the stuff that's going on in the cleansing that we're seeing, you know, nationwide and worldwide in the body of Christ. Because God is weeding out people with with motives, with with secondary motives, with hidden sin, with all the things, because not only is he coming back for a pure and spotless bride, but we are not going to win this world or anybody in it with this like bubblegum poppy version of of Christianity that the church has been spewing out for the last 30 or 40 years. Yeah, for real. Not going to happen. No. People want to have a tangible experience with the Lord that leaves them different than when they walked in the door. That's, it. That's what people are seeking. That's why people are seeking out witchcraft because mm-hmm. there's a real tangible way you can feel different after getting involved in a seance 
are getting involved in some weird witchcraft right like i used to be a part of that stuff i know how it feels yeah. it is it, it is a spiritually empowering experience and if the church isn't offering the the true non-counterfeit version of that come on that's what he's calling us to yeah dude and that's that authenticity that's being able to yeah. say yeah i used to practice witchcraft yeah i used to struggle with pornography but i don't struggle with those things anymore because you know why there's this guy named jesus and Jesus came and he died for our sins and he sent this Straight other up. thing called the Holy Spirit, this other person who now lives inside of me and convicts me and guides me and teaches me. That is what's going to. Boom. Next plateau. That's yeah. What's, that's what's getting the body of Christ to the next plateau. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. And I, I think going back to exposure and there's again, you know, mm. the Jeffrey Epstein things have just been, there's been a lot of talk about that. And so, um, you know, we don't know all of everybody that's, you know, included in that list. And it could be, I don't know, it could be people that shock us, you know? Yeah. And I think that us being authentic, I see as a, um, and also too, I don't want to be like elephant in the room, like stuff with IHOP going on, all that yeah. stuff. Everybody's well aware of this stuff. Yeah, It's very important to heed this about authenticity. And there's yes. this whole thing of like, I'm hearing a lot of, a lot of talk about dude dude like just we need to just abide in jesus we just need yeah. to and and there's a natural freedom that comes from that which yeah. actually produces this authenticity we're talking that's about right. that's right um and and going like okay like why why is god saying this there's a lot of reasons why right one of them is as a church we need to just get real we yeah. because i think that and i know it sounds like an obvious thing but a lot of these issues, yes. infidelity, you know, uh, abuse of power, all those things can happen because you can put someone on a pedestal That's right. and then they actually don't feel safe to even turn to anybody. And it can be a very lonely place at the top. It is. And yeah. And um, uh, Karen, I hop not in inter international house of pancakes, yes. inter <laughs> international house of prayer. Uh, she just said IHOP question mark. So I had to just cl clarify. She didn't say pancakes, but oh right, um, yeah, not, yeah. Not the, there's nothing going on with the restaurant IHOP. That right, yeah. Love. If you love pancakes, you do. Praise you. the Lord for yeah. pancakes. Praise the Lord for pancakes. But yeah, I, yeah. yeah I, I, and I know what you're talking about. And yeah. you know, the thing with that with situations like that is, we as a body of Christ, it's really easy for us to make idols, especially out of people when they're right in front of us. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that in a lot of situations, like you said, the call for authenticity is it's a two edged sword, right? It's we need to be our authentic selves. We also need to have the freedom and the grace to allow the people who are in leadership above us to also be their authentic selves, to be vulnerable. Right. And I think that's the right. thing of, I mean, any, anyone who's in any kind of leadership at all, yes. any kind of platform, any kind of ministry, you know, this very well of like, there is this barrier and some people they've gone over they busted through that barrier so many times that even right. if it's there they're like there's no we just have to rip the band-aid off i'm going to be vulnerable with these people yeah. but there is a there is a barrier there of having to bust through it mm -hmm. and i really do understand if a leader does get such to such a high level oh, yeah. that all of a sudden because they haven't learned to to be vulnerable and to right. corral people around them yep. that can come alongside them uh, that it can actually get you get cal you can get calloused and you get to this place where you're suddenly yeah you know you because the gifts of God are without repentance suddenly you do uh, you do something and you're like 
nothing happened. All right. And then you start feeding that area anyways. Yep. No, yeah. I get exactly what you're saying. And that's that idea that we're, we're starting at the, at the, at the base level, right? Yeah. Like if anybody who feels called into ministry or is a minister themselves or anything like that, and, and you're at a, a lower level or not necessarily, you know, I don't have a big following or congregation or whatever. A big challenge is to cultivate an atmosphere in you and around you where people are free to are and safe to be vulnerable. Hmm. You included, me included. Yeah. The people in my direct life around me and in our ministry, Rise Kingdom Ministry, and the people that surround Krista Elisha and myself, we're free to be vulnerable with those people. Mm-hmm. They're free to be vulnerable with us. Yeah. And we're creating a community where the atmosphere is freedom. You are free to be, think, struggle with whatever you're struggling with and know that there's not, we're not, there's no judgment. There's no condemnation. We're here to get after it with you. We're going to pray. We're going to talk. We're going to have a cup of coffee, whatever it takes, speak the word, any of it. That is what I was saying earlier about the idea of like getting at the base layer. So if you're doing this right now and you have this group of people around you, don't forget where you came from, right? Don't forget that base layer of I once was in a place where I had created an atmosphere of of vulnerability and transparency and honesty around me. And now as I'm growing, don't let yourself get calloused or separated from that. Always keep that atmosphere around you of that freedom. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, don't be, don't be disarmed by people getting uncomfortable when you are transparent. So I'll give an example. Um, I, um, when I first got married, so this is 2011, I was at this Bible study and there's this guy who is probably, I don't know, 15 years older, 20 years older, something like that. Definitely had years under his belt with marriage. Okay. And he's like, Hey, how you doing, Jeff? How's, how's the married life? And I'm like, older guy asked me how I'm doing. I'm going to be honest with him because that's anybody who's known me for a while has known. That's just how I am. People are like, how are you? I'm like, blah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I do, I've learned as I've grown older when to do that and when not to do that. But, um, so I told him, I was just super honest. And then he wouldn't, he wouldn't make eye contact with me for the rest of like our time of this Bible study. <laughs> and it was a large group of guys. So, uh, mm. but you know, I could have taken that and gone, Oh no, I, you know, oh, stupid me. I shouldn't right. have done that. And I was like, no, I was, this is the level of transparency we should be having as married men because I know the dangers. Any guy who's been married knows the dangers of not being transparent. You get two in your head, sin right. starts creeping in, you start to have shame, you don't feel like you can talk to anybody and you get swallowed up in it, you know? Right. And, and so I looked at that and I said, you know what? I'm not going to condemn him if that's where he's at and he was uncomfortable with that level of transparency. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to continue to be this transparent with people. Right. And you're going to find your people, you right. know. Because you're not because when you're not transparent, I mean when you're transparent, you're not all you're also not affirming someone in that you go, no 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 no, just stay there, stay there. Like there right. is a refinement that happens, but man, I'm laying everything on the table, you yeah. know. If I can, I'm going to lay everything on the table. Same. Um yeah. I'd rather I'd much rather, I would much rather be found to be weird for laying things on the table 
than to go home and suffer in silence and then mm-hmm. end up taking it out on the people that I love. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Absolutely. if God's presenting me with an opportunity, you know, if yeah. God's presenting me with an opportunity to, to like get rid of something that's been like really eat my lunch and then I don't do it. And then I'd said, I'd take it home and beat myself up about it. And that just leads down in this spiral of condemnation and shame. And, mm-hmm. and the next you start, I start bubbling and, pushing things back down, pushing things back down. And then eventually it gets to a point where it, it manifests in a way that would is, is way worse than it would have ever. Yeah. You can get angry. You can have an outburst. You can snap right. at people. You can, you know, it seems like you're picking fights. Like I've d- guys, I've done all that too. Like, it's Same. not like, I'm not Im- immune to this. Like, it, like no one is. And so it's no really one. important. I've learned throughout my life of, of just, yeah. Like letting that stuff out. And especially as dudes, like we gotta, we have to, you don't do the lone wolf thing. Um, well, I think, so the other side of this, obviously there's this whole exposure and and there's this refinement process that's happening of like, Hey, we need to be different. We need to do, because like these, these stories of exposure within ministries, they're going to keep coming. You guys like, and especially as God is, is refining his bride and unseating idolatry from the church and shifting yeah. our focus back to him as the the goal he's the goal not the this person's walk or that person's walk yeah. he's the goal and right. i always say that you guys and i'm going to sound like a broken record and i don't care um <laughs> but i think that there's a flip side of this too is as god continues to pour out his spirit as people give their lives to the lord and are in some deep stuff and they need a place that's actually safe, the church is meant to be that for them. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And so if we are authentic, if we are truly ourselves and we just accept each other in this process as we're all being conformed to his image, that it becomes a safe place for people. Um, because our true North is Jesus. It's not like, Oh, do this and don't do that. And don't talk like this and don't do that. And pray five times a day and you'll get blessed and sow into this ministry. And then all your problems will be solved. (laughs) None of that. Jesus, you know, so it's all about, it's what it's all about. It's all, it's all about Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've got the big J, you know what I mean? The big J. Uh, so yeah, let's also, I mean, talk about i mean because we t- kind of talked about all these points but there's a, a point here that says don't compartmentalize like what do you mean by that yeah kind of what i was talking about with integrity mm-hmm. um i kind of said it earlier but compartmentalizing is when you i mean it's in the definition and the word itself making compartments of things in our spirit and in our emotions and in our lives like the idea what i was saying about like home dave work dave church dave yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's compartmentalizing. And that is the like antithesis of integrity. When yeah. especially being in a position of leadership, it's very easy to get compartmentalized and and very um, you know, separated, right? Like I've got who I am with my family and my friends, and then I've got who I am on the stage with the ministry. Yeah, like yeah. sacred versus secular and those kinds of conversations right. too. Right. One thing is more holy. This is ministry day versus. Right. Yeah. Right. And 
when we're when we're doing this compartmentalizing, this kind of emotional, spiritual compartmentalizing, there's th- that by definition, it's it, it starts to put up walls in between those areas of our lives, hmm. right? So if we're in a situation where we've got like ministry Dave and home Dave and home Dave has a major failure in his marriage, I would then still feel comfortable to be in ministry with no repentance and no issue because I've compartmentalized my, my being. Yeah. I've, I've not been the same person everywhere all the time. Mm -hmm. And then if I hide that and I bury that and I do that, that right there is the very definition of leaving the door open for the enemy. Yeah. That's when the enemy comes in is when we're, when we're broken up and compartmentalized into different parts of our personality and our spirits. Mm -hmm. And that's where you start to see the chinks in the armor. And that's when the sin gets more egregious, you know, you know, as a, you know, small foxes spoil the vine, right? Like Mm -hmm. it could start with the little sin and it's like, well, you know, they don't need to know about that. You know, nobody needs to know about that. That's my own problem. I'll handle it. I'll fix it. It'll, or it'll work itself out or it'll. Right. And that's one of the reasons why the number, I think one of the number one consumers of pornography in the world is white Christian males. So to that, there was a, um, the, uh, there's a leader in YWAM. Her name was Landa Cope. I don't know if she's still in YWAM a long time ago, but she was doing a study. Um, and there was a, um, uh, there was a hotel that was attached to a convention center. And there would be these big pastors conferences. And she said, Whenever the pastors come here to this hotel, they crash the servers because there's so many people downloading pornography. Mm. So to your credit. Yeah. It's a problem. Huge yeah. problem. Well, I read a, I was reading a I can't remember what's what study it was. It was it's an older study and it was in the kind of at the root of this problem. And mm-hmm. they were saying that there was this this hotel that was was it was like a hotel resort. And they had done a study of of bought at the time it was when pornography was on pay-per-view when you could buy it in a, in a hotel room mm-hmm. and there was a, a christian youth leaders conference at this hotel and they were saying that on average the amount of pornography that was consumed on the week of the youth christian leaders was like 400 percent higher than normal with a christian youth leader yeah. conference being the ones yeah. who were running out of the facility yeah and that's that i saw someone who commented who was it about extreme robin h i think it was like youtube extreme compartmentalizing okay in some area and i don't know what you mean by that but i do understand there you you can't have a boundary that's okay i don't know i don't i'm not saying compartmentalizing in the way of saying like if you're in a situation where the people around you might might be a little dangerous or you don't want to share a bunch of personal information it's okay to have a a little bit of a boundary with them you have to be vulnerable with people that are in that situation i just saw that comment sorry Mm -hmm. yeah no you're good but um and, and that's okay. It's okay to not, like I said, the earlier idea was I showed like the circles idea. Like I'm going to draw it on a piece of paper and hold it up and show you. Yeah. Visual aid. I'm a so, big fan of visual aids. You know, it's this community idea and that there are different layers to the community around us. And, you know, not everybody may be safe to be in a certain layer of your community. Right. Like, I don't know if you can see it. So like, this layer, move on. okay, yeah, that it would be like me and Jesus is in Krista in the little point in the center, right? Mm-hmm. This next outer layer, people around us are the people that we would consider our like closest confidant people, people that we trust with our 
stuff stuff you know what i mean and have those conversations still being authentic but these are where we're being real authentic this next layer is people that are kind of in our sphere but you know maybe we see each other in passing maybe we don't you know it's a little closer still close but not super close and then this is like the layer of like people that are like that we're ministering to that are kind of in our events and things like that it's it's just this idea that there are layers to how close we are with people and i think rick warren was the one that came up with this idea but it was like and in jesus example it was like jesus was in the center yeah and his three being like peter john and i can't remember who the, maybe it was he used paul as an example mm-hmm. and this was like the 12 and then this was like the disciples and then this was like the multitudes mm-hmm. right and that was what i was saying about um having those safe people around us right like the yeah. idea of having safe people around us it's not yeah. everyone is safe to spill your guts to yeah so dave i think actually you'd be able to answer this question just given your history mm-hmm. so robin h clarified a little bit he said i added more he said that homeless people are compartmentalizing and not wanting to talk about god because they're on drugs just yeah, for some more clarity on that please i don't want to talk about god right now because i'm not using drugs yeah, 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 yeah. and i said no you have to invite god in every yes. your life you can't separate so i don't know if you could talk about that a little bit more because obviously like I mean, how do you communicate with someone who's like totally, you know, on a trip or whatever? This is so what that that thought process to please. I don't want to talk about God right now because I'm using drugs is a direct result of a religious spirit. Mm. Right. And it's confronting that religious spirit in someone. You can start with prayer, but it's almost like ministering to and talking to the people that you're talking to who are currently on drugs and saying the things that you've been taught about God, my friend, are, are greatly misinformed. Because that that idea that like I have to be off of drugs before I seek God is very a a very religious performance based concept. It's a concept that the church has labored under for a long time. Hmm. Like I've got to be good enough to go to church. Yeah. Or I've got to get back to church to get right with God. Mm-hmm. It's putting it's predicating God's love and God's acceptance on the performance and the behavior of an individual. Yeah. And that is not how God operates. That's not yeah. how the kingdom operates. God can come on anybody, high or not. Sorry, I don't care if anybody likes yeah. that. Yeah. It is what it is. God can fall on people who have who are drunk, who are high. Come on. He can, he can work in the lives of those people. He worked in my life. Yeah, you lived it, man. I lived it. I I mean, I can remember even like having visions when I was on drugs. And then remembering them sober and that being a catalyst and an impetus for me seeking out God. So, you know, I know that probably is going to step on <laughs> me saying that would step on a lot of people's toes. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that this idea that somehow you have to be X, Y, Z, you know, you got to have the nice shirt on, you got to have the nice shoes and be presentable to go to church to find God. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is taught a lot. It's a pretty prevailing teaching. You know, I mean, a lot of us who grew up in church were taught you put on your Sunday best right your sunday best to go to church and you got to behave at church and you got to be a certain way at church you don't talk about your problems at church you don't be a certain way at church and that is a really really toxic teaching and toxic mindset that has permeated the church at least for as long as i can remember mm-hmm. um yeah. so when someone who is addicted says no i can't talk about god i'm on drugs one you're probably seeing the spirit inside of them react to the name of jesus 
Because if there's a demon attached to that drug, I know there is. I had him in me. Uh huh. So you're 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 seeing a reaction to that. You know, demons don't want to hear about Jesus. You know, somebody yeah. who's in the middle of spiritual bondage doesn't want to hear about Christ. But if they are willing to listen and hear about Christ, and they say, you know, God, I'm I, I'm not good enough to go to Jesus. You, Jesus accepted anybody, anyway, anytime. Mm-hmm. There there's no qualifier yeah. to coming to the Lord. So that, I mean, that's how I talk to people who I know I've ministered to that have been on drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, with that straight truth, you know, truth and love, not in a rude way, in a mean way, mm-hmm. but in a, I'm sorry that you believe this. I'm sorry you've been taught this, but that's not true about God. It's yeah. not true about Jesus. Yeah. Come on. So that's, at least that's my, my take on it. Yeah, no, that's great, dude. So I think just cause we kind of open this and I've seen some comments and I actually want, I don't want to just kind of leave it there. I actually do want to address, address this stuff. You know, Ray kind of asked a really good question. He said, so what do, what are we to learn from all of the, these leadership problems, you know, and, and the corruption that's happening within the church. And, and yeah. it's an answer that I think is going to continue to reveal itself. And I think it's really important that we collectively as the body, seek God about this. That's right. I can tell you my thoughts, but that's one facet of many. We're all going to be able to contribute to this because it's not a singular like leadership problem. It's a body of Christ issue. Right. Because this isn't relegated to just yeah. IHOP. This is right. not just relegated to Ravi Zacharias's ministry back in right. 2020 or 2021. Right. This is this is a larger issue and this is something that we need to address collectively is the body of Christ. And this isn't a witch hunt. This isn't, you know, and I think also too, Susan was talking about uh, kind of, I guess, to piggyback on this, just saying that her son, um, as she said, when this stuff came out about Bickle, my son was like, how can anyone in leadership, uh, you know, uh, be, be in leadership and stay uncorrupted kind of rocking my family. And it's exactly what we're talking about is transparency. Guys, guys, men, you yes. need to be linked with people. You need yes. to run with people. Right. This is not all on your shoulders. And I, as guys, it's easy for us to go, I have to fix it. I need to put it all on my... I, ladies, how many times have you had a guy who's like, you're voicing your problems and they're like, okay, let's fix it. Let's t- solve this problem. Like we, we want to solve problems. We want right. to deal with them. So it's very much something that's like a guy quality. But then right. there can be this thing of like, I have no one to turn to. And right. a secret place is so important. Yes. It but is. also running with other men, running with right. other people. It doesn't have to be men exclusively, but people you can share your burdens with, that you can be transparent with. And guys, please open up to your wives. Like be yeah. vulnerable and have the courage to open up to your wives. Like yeah. this is one of those things that's like, it it actually is courageous to right. be vulnerable. It is masculine to be vulnerable, to show right. that ma- vulnerability and the strength that comes from that vulnerability. Me being vulnerable with Lauren has no, done nothing but strengthen our marriage. Yep. So anyways, yeah. I, get, I get fired up, bro. You're right. Because you're, you're 100% right. The things we can, the other thing too, is one of the things I know, obviously seek the word personally about what you can learn from these great falls. But here's the other thing. If you really want to learn something from the fall of ministers, Stop idolizing ministers. Grow up. Stop. Stop putting ministers and people of influence on a platform to where they're not human beings anymore. 
mm-hmm. to where they're also not men or women seeking after God, no matter yeah. what the thing they're struggling with. Like idol- that kind of idolatry is rampant in the Western church. You know, we cannot put our leaders on so high pedestals that one, they take precedent or, or, um, you know, away from God, right. Or B that we don't allow them to have their humanity and dignity when they do fall, because just like in the celebrity culture world, the higher you lift somebody up, the harder it is when they fall. And then everybody Mm -hmm. says, Oh, they're so they're garbage. Do you know this person that says that it's, that's how gossip and stuff gets started. We as the body of Christ need to stop idolizing and turning pastors into celebrities. Yeah. Like it's a hard truth, but it, it's the truth. I've been guilty of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not That's saying it. don't honor and respect people in leadership. Yeah, you can admire someone's that. walk. Yeah. You can admire their walk. You can admire their writing. I have a lot of ministers that I love that I follow that I cherish deeply and greatly, but I'm not putting those men and women on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not putting them on the same pedestal as God. And I see a lot where there's this almost kind of reaction when a leader falls, like, how could they uh, like be like betrayal that like they actually yeah. hurt you. But no, what about, Hey, I'm praying for your, your wife. I'm praying for your ministry. I'm praying for the people around you who are affected by this tragedy yeah. and this egregious thing that's happened to you in your ministry that yes, unfortunately probably could have been prevented, but we have to have the ability to have our own walks and to incorporate that leadership into our walks. Like let those leaders yeah. be leaders in our lives yeah. without becoming the main focus of our lives. Oh, mm-hmm. I follow such and such as ministry. I go to such and such as church. And I only go to such and such as church, or I only listen to such and such as a minister. All that's doing is lifting them up higher and higher on a pedestal. And, and when they eventually do something, which they will do, I don't care what, min- I, it doesn't have to be an outrageous, like, fall from grace uh-huh. for a minister to do something that's yeah. going to cause offense or hurt to someone or, or to the ministry. We're all human. We all are, have the ability to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I think that putting the emphasis, not on the minister you follow, but on the community and the kingdom that you're a part of would go a long way in dealing with some of these leadership falls. Yeah. Because if our focus was not necessarily on the ministry or the church that we belong to, but on the, the community of individuals that we're doing life with, that we're breaking bread with, that we're communicating with, mm-hmm. you wouldn't see this kind of yeah. celebrity fall culture yeah. happen because there wouldn't be anybody up on top of the pile. But yeah. Jesus. And and I think the, the thing that's kind of to kind of show evidence of what Dave is talking about is this hurts. It hurts yeah. the body of Christ. Like finding out about these different ministers who've done a lot. Um, it hurts. It does. It hurts. And when we put people on that place, when we put them in a place that ultimately only Jesus can, and it's so tricky, man, because it's like, you can do it even subconsciously and you don't even realize you're doing it, you know? And that's why my heart behind this show is always like, guys, what is God saying to you? Do not put all of your faith in one person or a cluster of prophets. Like this is not the old covenant. This is the new covenant. And we all have the Holy Spirit and he's active in all of our lives and he's speaking to all of us. And so we actually just did a great teaching series on discerning prophecy that you guys should go check out because that's why we do this is because I really want to encourage people and give them the boldness and the confidence to go, 
I can hear God for myself. And oh, he's been speaking to me in this area and I didn't even yeah. realize it. You know, yeah. like you, you got that missing ingredient from someone coming in on here and saying something and, and bringing some revelation to you that all of a sudden it connected the circuit and all of a sudden, boom, you're like, whoa, like I was growing in all these areas. I was just missing this, this revelation of right. like, oh, God's speaking to me in this way. So that's really my heart behind this is, is really, it's, I really want to also comfort people just like, it's okay to be hurt. It's okay. Yeah. It, it's okay. Totally. You know, to, to be struggling with this, like it's hard. Like I'm, not, I'm like, I, I'm not like, Oh, I'm not impervious to it as well. I'm like, gosh, I'm another person, yeah. you know, and what that should do every single time this happens is further cement. We are doomed without Jesus. We're doomed Amen. you guys. Amen. And, and the second you remove him from that place in your life, you're in trouble. And yeah. yeah, I, I, I just, I really feel like, so Susan to, I guess to bring clarity to your son is, is yes, it is possible. And it's modeled to us by Jesus yes. and actually modeled to us by his disciples who yeah. died for the gospel, you know, right. and really died for the gospel. Yeah, legit like, died for like the gospel. legit died for the gospel. And those who lose their lives, gain them. You know, and I think that that's it is like we're a drink offering before the Lord. And it's like that's the position we should have that's as right. men, as women, as mm -hmm. leaders in the in the body of Christ. Everyone's a leader in some facet. So yes. so model that to the people under you, whether it's a parent, whether it's a, a manager at a business, whether it's a leader in a ministry, yeah. like whether it's someone who has a show on YouTube, you know, called right. Elijah Fires always point people to Jesus and right. to be, be vulnerable and transparent and real with people yeah. gives them the confidence of like, ah, okay. So righteous man falls seven times. I'm just going to get up. I'm going to dust myself off. I'm going right. to continue my pursuit of Jesus. And that's, that's what should be produced. Yes. hundred percent. Mic drop. Boom. Mic we could drop. Have it right there. We could just, we could just, Bye, Bye guys. <laughs> <laughs> right, like walk off. There, yeah. Jeff just yeah. said it. We're done. <laughs> yeah, but guys, I just like I really please know like this is a this is a a safe place, but it's not because oh I want to hear what Jeff has to say or I want to hear what Dave has to say. It's it you're always going to get that from me from my guests is pushing you to Jesus. So like, no, like, Hey, I mean, you can admire something about me, about Dave, about anyone else in this show. Like, look, how can you not read like the epistles and Paul and admire his walk? He also says, be imitators of me as I imitate Christ, you right. know? And so, Hey, follow my example of following Jesus. This right. is, this is how you do it. Not, okay, I'm going to follow exactly what Paul did to the letter. I'm going to become a Pharisee just like right. he was. And then I'm going to have a conversion experience and then right. like right. no two walks are the same. So right. anyways. Yes. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm not trying to steer you in the wrong direction. You can trust what I'm saying, but also yeah. if you don't know what I'm saying, seek it out for yourself. Trust Jesus first. Yeah. yeah. Discern. You know, usually, you know, watch the things that teach discernment on the Elijah fire teaching series about discerning and prophecy. Yeah. You know, that's kind of stuff's important because that's how you, you get your weight up in the spirit, right? It's almost mm -hmm. like uh, I see a lot of, and I know I've struggled with it myself of almost being like, you know, like a 90 pound wuss in the spirit, 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like all wimpy and frail. Yeah. And I can't, you know, can't take things and mm-hmm. can't discern things because I'm not feeding that spirit person, man. I'm not feeding that spirit woman. You know, I'm not yeah. getting my weight up in the spirit and getting strong and getting hungry and discerning and understanding mm-hmm. and seeking the Lord. You cannot, you cannot neglect a private walk. You can't expect to have, just go to church and have a private walk. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to hear that, but yeah. if, Sunday should be a, a, a gathering place and, a, and a, a point of celebration, not like the thing that's sustaining you Monday through Saturday mm-hmm. to get to another Sunday. Mm-hmm. Sunday should be the the coming together of people celebrating. Hey, this is everything that God's done for me this this week, and at the beginning of this coming week, we're gonna like light it off for God. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, straight up. Well, dude, why don't you go ahead and pray for people? And this is this was heavy, necessarily. Well, was it's good it's good it's really good it and good. i would encourage you guys to to really ask yourselves like okay god what what am i to learn from these this exposure that's happening that's going to continue to happen what am i to learn from this hmm. and i think that i'll just speak for myself when i do see someone fall yeah there is that kind of like not again you know like ugh, like this is you know but there's also something in me that just goes god like like make me into your son, like, mm. like a- anything that's, I mean, you guys know, I always quote Psalm 139, the last two verses, but it genuinely is a prayer. I pray every single day, mm. just asking God to search you and yes. to reveal himself to you. Yes. But also areas yeah. that need correction that mm. need to be refined. And- I think that that's, that's it. You guys, that's it. So, um, do why don't you go ahead and pray? Yeah. Lord, Thank you. Thank you for every person here, every family represented, every ministry, every individual represented here this afternoon, this evening, wherever they're at, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would bring a fresh revelation of not only who they are, but who they are and who they belong to. Lord, I pray that you would soften the hearts of the people that are listening right now to be open to receiving correction, but also to be open to receiving love and identity and all the wonderful things that you impart. Lord, I pray for every heart here tonight that's listening, that maybe has had an emotional reaction or a a deep wounding over leadership falls in their own lives or leadership failures in their own lives. We pray healing and the balm of Gilead over those people right now in Jesus name, that their hearts would be healed from leadership failures, that this would not be a forever thing that would sour their idea of the church and Jesus as a whole, but that you, Jesus, would come to them through the power of your Holy Spirit and call them up to a place where they see themselves and who you truly are. Lord, I pray for each individual as we go into 2024, that this next month or so would be a time of examination and reflection about how we can be more authentically the people that you created us to be, mm-hmm. as you intend for us to be, so that we can do the exploits and the works that you called us to do in a way that honors you. Yes, Lord. Mm-hmm. Lord, thank you for for calling things out in us. Thank you that you love us so much that you would not let us just be where we're at. That where we're at is not good enough that you're constantly calling us higher into your standard and into your bosom and into your grace and into your kingdom, Lord. Thank you so much for relationship. 
And thank you so much for adopting us into your royal family and for giving us a purpose and, a, and, a, and an identity and a father who loves us, truly loves us. Mm. God, thank you for everything you've done in 2023 and everything that you're going to do in 2024. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Mm. Amen, dude. Woo. Dave uh, Stram, bring in the heat. Woo. That's what I'm talking the heat. about. That was really good, man. That was uh, Kristen popped on. She, that's my man. <laughs> What's that? Krista is watching. Krista Lush. Oh, Krista. Krista. <laughs> yeah, that's dude. Funny. So good. So good. So yeah, it's I love, I love it. I, I can, I mean, yeah, there's a great engagement in the live chat. And this is a, a conversation that we need to just face head on. Yeah. Everything we talked about, not just the the um impurities um going on but just really just guys like just lay it all out there and and don't be a jerk when you're being yourself and right anyways um be authentic but don't be don't be authentically a jerk yeah yeah it's okay to be you it's not okay to be mean while being you right don't be mean don't be a jerky jerk face. Um, all right, dude. Well, how can people fall? I mean, obviously they can go to your Facebook there. Yeah. D-Shram, AKM. That is the primary way to follow anything that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and then obviously I tend to float in and out of things that Krista is doing too. Mm-hmm. So I'm dragging her off our, stage, things like that. Yeah. Dragging yeah. her off stage, <laughs> giving her the side eye look because I want to go home. Okay. <laughs> I'm that. No, I mean, I, I also, I think in the next, oh, also in the next, there's some things that are coming down the pipe that are going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, Krista and I are actually getting ready to start doing a couples podcast. It's going to be called. Oh, oh snap. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's something exciting. we're working on. Um, there's some other things that are coming down. But yeah, a- anything that she's doing, I'm usually like somewhere in the periphery. You're there, of, dude. Yeah. But you're that, setting stuff up and you're, I mean, you're, yeah. you're the, you're the hero, dude, you know? Yeah. So and then yeah, she's uh but that that Facebook link is is me. That's my uh I guess public digital creator page. So anything that I'm releasing is is be announced on there. And I'm sure that Sweet. if there's any major things, it would be shared like you know, ministry wide with everyone. Love it. So love it. Well, love dude, thank, thanks for having yeah, me. This yeah, yeah, dude. This is great. This is such a good conversation. It was well, just real and transparent so we were practicing authenticity you guys we're modeling we are modeling modeling it yes being authentic ourselves yeah so dude thank you so much for coming on it was awesome that's always an honor brother yeah so everybody that's our week it was a it was an action-packed week if you have not gotten a chance to go back and listen to uh some of the episodes this week all of them were really good really on point so i really encourage you to just take some time and listen to them again. You can listen to it wherever you know you watch content, or you can listen to it in the podcast form, Spotify, Apple Podcast, all that. So we love you guys. Also, ElijahStreams.com/slash donate is how you donate. That keep that keeps us all it, it allows us to bring on the Dave Shrams Ooh. and the Krista Elishas and um, you know everybody else. And so, guys, we love you so much. Really, yeah. I do. I really care about you guys. I pray for you guys regularly. So um you know we appreciate it um so tune in on monday we've got cindy mcgill back and it's always a hoot 
when Cindy's on because she tells it like it is. Speaking of authenticity, right? So, uh, like it is, Cindy. yeah, so it'll be great. You guys, it's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Have an amazing weekend. Do something you love, and we'll see you on Monday. Okay, bye. Hey guys. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Donate.